Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerd. My name is Diz, and I am your pop culture and sports nerd. Ali? I am Ali, your classic nerd. And I'm VM, your comic book nerd. Okay, before V cuts me off again. All right. I do. I'd never do those things. Oh no, that. no, that's that's not something you do. You fucking know. slander. This is slander yeah, against these me. accusations are are rallied or put against me. You're ridiculous. Over, you over here. You're you spurious. Cut, you cut me off. You interrupt me. You mansplain over me. <laughs> mansplain? How dare you? <laughs> um, Actually, no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's something I want to talk about. I know, Ali, that you hate the world of professional wrestling. We get it. I do, but before you get into professional wrestling, can I just say one thing real quick? <laughs> he couldn't even let, you get, it, he couldn't even let you get it done. Position of cutting you off. Because you said mansplaining, and I just I just wanted to point this ex, like this moment of mansplaining out that I thought you both would appreciate, and then you could go to uh, whatever it is you were talking about. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay. uh, there was this moment where this woman was tweeting about the Australia fires. Um, and talking about how they're linked to climate change, uh, which is hotly debated right now because people are like, oh, it's arson, it's arson, not understanding. I mean, as Californians, right? Yeah. We understand this more than anyone that something could be started by arson, but the fires get worse because of climate change. Yeah, you know, because there's not enough water, because there's uh, a drought going on, because there's a dry tinder and so on and so forth, right? That climate change makes these things worse. Yeah, my tinder is dry too. Your tinder, yeah. <laughs> Mine's what? Uh, I'm mine's, sorry. Are we recording right mine's now? Mine's the. We are recording. Right now. <laughs> that was a confession he didn't want to make. Oh. Um, so this this woman tweeted out about how climate change is tied to the Australian fires, and this guy comes in and he goes, "You know what? You don't know what you're talking about. You haven't taken any climate classes. I highly recommend you take some climate classes uh, in order to understand what's really going on." And she's like, "I do take climate classes. I happen to teach them." <laughs> she's a professor of climatology with a PhD. I love it. And it was just one of those moments where you look like Twitter and you go, oh, this website's free. People really just jump in and they explain your expertise to you. Yeah, they to you all the time. And you just kind of, you kind of go, You've got to be fucking kidding yeah. me! I feel like you get that though on Twitter because you know you're you're the the gin summoning master. Well, I get it all the time, but it's yeah. always like like I'm always like it it like it takes you two seconds to click on someone's profile before you respond. Yeah. That's yeah. what I do before I respond to someone. I click on their profile because I go, is it worth my time responding to this person, or do I even have to explain? Oh, this person's already an expert. I don't have to say anything, mm-hmm. right? Like it takes two seconds. All it takes is two seconds to click on it. But mansplaining, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, I figure that you clicked on their profile so you can see their their profile picture, and you can like you know uh, single out the their worst insecurities about themselves, and you can destroy them mentally with a with a homing beacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens. I've seen it a bunch of times on there. You get mansplained on Twitter all the time, Ellie. Or white. I do. You get I get, white. I, I call, we call it. Uh, I call it Wicca. Actually, oh. that's my uh, <laughs> way of just because it's not mansplaining yeah. to me. It to me, I'm a yeah. dude, right? So I never get it nearly as bad as women no, no. do. But what I do get a lot is a dude that perused Wikipedia twice in his life, telling me, "Well, well actually, mm-hmm. what they really believe is this one motherfucker." <laughs> okay, yes. whatever. Yes. I only have three master's degrees in this subject. <laughs> I've, I've only been doing this for a decade plus. <laughs> um. Okay, so something I've been doing for three decades plus is being an avid fan of. The wrestling arts, <laughs> all right, or the art of wrestling, professional wrestling, that is. So, um, Ali, have you heard the name uh, The Four Horsemen? Not in the biblical sense. Uh, I've, I've heard about them okay. in the Bible. Have you heard of Yeah, it's like John, John of Potmos. And in, uh, uh, I've heard about them in uh, Good oh, okay. Opens. So they're also a stable in wrestling called The Four Horsemen who... Stables, What's a stable? Like, like, a stable is what horses. What's for, yeah, where horses no, get. No, no, they call why. them a, like any, when you're a group of people, you're either a faction or a stable. You know, like you're a team. Yeah. So they had they. Why do they wait? No, hold on. This is a, why do they call a stable though? I don't understand. Okay, I can kind of understand a faction, but why it's just a term? Stable? Like I don't know. It's like an old carny wrestling term. I think it's probably like a yeah. carny term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I thought stable was what you refer to. I thought stable was the male version of a harem. Okay, so 
Oh, so, maybe. <laughs> right? Isn't that what it's called? You have a stable of... I've never right, heard yes. that before, yeah. but that's So my assumption, right? This is me uh, not going to my Wikipedia and actually fact-checking myself. This is my assumption based on my yeah. decades-plus knowledge of wrestling. So right? <laughs> wrestling good. came out... It, it was a carnival act, right? So they, they have a lot of words yeah. that they call... They speak carny. So I'm assuming it's a stable. Yeah. That I'm assuming because like... They stay together just like a horse is staying in a stable. Like when you were part of a group, you stay together in, a, in the same place. They call it the stable. Almost, isn't it also the opposite of like a, a bunny ranch? You know, like yeah, bunny the bunny place, ranches, the, the, right? the sex working place. The madam, right? This, the madam, she has like a bunny ranch. Isn't there like an opposite of that where it's like dudes and it's called a stable, like a something no. stable? It might, you know, I don't know. A lot of times those stables also have like one woman who's like their valet. Right. Know? Yeah. Which is, which isn't too. So maybe but... I'm almost, I'm almost 100% sure that it's the, the male version of a harem. Someone, someone look this up and fact check. I'm on pro wrestling yeah, wiki right now and I don't see anything about where yeah, it came from. It's just like they're friends. They just call them a stable. It's like an alliance. Someone find out if if I don't care what it's called in wrestling. But find out if the male version of a harem is called a stable. All right, we're gonna turn the incognito window on. One second. So, yeah. Someone do it on Twitter and, okay. and, and so, hit us up. Add the reason why I, I bring up the Four Horsemen, right? Because they're one of the most popular wrestling stables or factions. Um, so you had Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, and Tully Blanchard, and then they were managed by um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, uh, but whatever. The Four Horsemen didn't include The Undertaker? No, no. So they, they came out before them, no. right? Yeah. There's also, multiple like iter- there's also multiple iterations of The Four Horsemen. But it, it wasn't just those four, but they were yeah, like, that, that's the, But that was yeah. the original Four okay, Horsemen, okay. right? But did no. The Undertaker at no, some point become part of The Four Horsemen? No. That seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah, he had his own... He had the Ministry yeah. of Darkness, which is... He okay. was like this, like, Satanist yeah. character. Yeah, that's The Undertaker stable. So, anyways... Uh, the reason I bring that up is because Tully Blanchard was one of the original members of the uh, Four Horsemen, right? Tully Blanchard is a WWE Hall of Famer. His okay. daughter, Tessa Blanchard, has been getting a lot of steam in the wrestling community in the past few years because she's mm. arguably the most talented female wrestler in wrestling right now. And she's wrestling outside of the WWE, right? And she's got a big name outside of the WWE, which is hard to do, especially for female wrestlers, right? Like, now that like mm. a impact wrestling. Impact yeah. wrestling yeah. So it used to be right? called yeah. TNA, which is total nonstop action. Um, now it's uh, it's called impact wrestling. I got it's, uh, some TV channel just bought it. Ax- the, the people that own access TV just bought them um, from Dixie Carter. And then mm. also the, the lead Billy Corrigan from the smashing pumpkins used to own it at one point too. So Billy Corgan ended up being, from yeah, Smash from Smash and, and, oh, no, is not, is yeah. it from Smash and Billy Corgan? Is he the one that ended up being like weirdly on like Alex uh, Jones and shit? I don't know about shit? all that. I just know he's, he's like a big like wrestling uh, guy. Like he aren't all musicians kind of like that though. I mean, yeah. really. But anyways, so Tessa Blanchard yeah. is arguably the most you know successful women's wrestler outside the WWE, and even arguably within the WWE, like bringing in the women in the WWE, she's arguably the, the most successful. She uh, just won Impact Wrestling's yeah. male world heavyweight championship on Sunday, right? But there was a lot of controversy over the weekend, not because of that, but because she tweeted out um, on f- Saturday, she tweeted out, like, women, if only we could support each other more, you know, we could do big things. She didn't got called out by a wrestler named Allison mm. Kay, um, who said, oh, so you spitting on a black female wrestler in Japan and then calling her the N-word, that's support, right? And another wrestler named Chelsea Green, who's now with the WWE, responded with, you, you've bullied me for years. You try to get me blackballed from different companies. Like, It's just weird that you're trying to preach this message of support. Um, the wrestler who uh, that first tweet was about, right? Her name is La Rosa Negra. She's a... Um, a black Puerto Rican wrestler, she confirmed it. Like, yeah, like this happened in Mm -hmm. Japan. She like spat on my face, called me the N word. And, you know, she has a history of being mean to other women and like bullying other women in the locker room. 
and yeah. many of these uh, women are women of she's color. She's gone on like saying like racist things. So she like it's it's basically like it's weird because it's it remind we had a talk about like white feminism a few weeks ago, right? And it just kept reminding me to that, right? Like where it's like white women want to stick up for other women when it's convenient for them, right? For her, it's because this weekend she yeah. knew that she was in the main event for like her promotions, like big pay-per-view and she was like facing a guy for the heavyweight championship right so she wanted to be like hey women we should yeah. support each other but like because it was convenient for her but yeah well, at the end of the day for a lot of people their political activism goes no further than yeah. what benefits them Right. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Uh, and we see this a lot with with people who claim mm -hmm. feminism. But for whom feminism is simply a tool. They're not committed to any type of feminist ideal. Mm. And certainly not when it involves other yeah, type it, of women. Whether in the case of uh, of women that are not uh, bio, quote unquote, biological women, uh, when it comes to women of color. Uh, when it comes uh, to women of low income, you know this is the Sheryl oh, Sandberg lean-in bullshit and the, and the Sheryl Bernard, right? It's, it's a type of feminism that is that is uh, no. And I'm talking Sandberg about the other chick, Facebook lady, Khalil Zad's um, wife, yeah. right? So this is uh, this type of feminism is a is a feminism that fundamentally, at the at the end of the day, is about how does it serve me, not. How does it serve a cause? And it sounds like it's the same yeah. case with this Tessa Blanchard person. No, let's women support each other, which means, hey, you should watch or support my career or goal or whatever it is she's yeah, my like yeah, her show her promotion, my event, my event or whatnot. But it doesn't extend to her right. actually being a feminist in her daily practice because she's bullying yeah. other and women. Then, like her, her thing is like, well, you guys are just saying this now because like there's going to be a lot of like, you're trying to chase clout because like I'm on the main event of this like pay-per-view like why are you guys just speaking out about it now and blah 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 and it's like well you just posted something saying that women should support other women and a lot of women have been silent to like your bullying and your racism this was their final straw like it doesn't matter when it comes out it's just that it came out you know yeah i mean it was a response to the tweet so she didn't tweet it chances are they nothing would have been said yeah it's true right like it, it was a response to the tweet it had nothing to do with the time it's not like they were trying to that all these women that were across different organizations all of a sudden decided that they were going to sabotage her on twitter it was because she tweet here she literally uh. tweeted this thing and it's like you know uh, you, you kind of have to read it i think you have to read it in a specific voice for it to sound you know, uh, you know, it doesn't sound as as uh, as bad when someone else reads it. But I think if you actually read the tweet itself, you know, it's it just and then coming from kind of like, you know, if, if you know who or as a as, I guess as, as a person or as a character, you know, there's a, there's a there's one way to read it. And then people who don't know who she is read the tweet it doesn't sound nearly as bad. Um, but there's but there's multiple women that yeah. are coming across diff literally different organizations that have uh, have has, have come out about her behavior. And there's kind of an unspoken secret amongst, you know, other people in the business before this happened that she's difficult to work with. Right. And so I, I think it's more of a, it's it's that right. it's like it has nothing to do with the timing of it. It just so happens that she timed her tweet. So then the yeah. tweet got response. And it's like it's a really weird way of defending mm -hmm. her actions, I guess. Or, you know, like defending her. Mm. Yeah. What's well, the, there's a particular irony in this, too, is that she is in an yeah, industry that is very male dominated. And 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 not just male dominated, but has like it's probably outside of pornography the most overtly uh, yeah. oriented towards the True. male gaze, right? Very overtly, in an industry like that, had she been a real feminist ally, she could have made huge waves. I mean, that's the place where where feminism is probably needed most, right? Uh, uh, women banding together to ensure that they have good contracts, banding together to ensure that they support one another's careers. It's it's small. There's not a there's you know, uh, it's not a huge opportunity for women. It's not a huge venue of women. It's not a huge you know feminist platform. It's fundamentally male dominated. So this is the place in which feminism as a practice, as praxis, would have been excellent. And here she was screwing over other people, right? There's a particular irony here 
um, that I think it just yeah. is like right in your face. It's like, you know, this imagine if you had been a feminist ally all these years, what the response would have been to you. Yeah. Yeah. It would have opened way more eyes for sure. Yeah. yeah that's right. a shame. Right. Right. right you know, right, I mean, right. to be fair, impact wrestling isn't exactly, it's kind of the, I think it's kind of the purgatory of, uh, of like wrestling TV. It's like people go there after they've kind of either like mm. failed out of other like bigger organizations or, you know, they kind of don't really have a, you know, they don't, they don't have a, a place to go. Yeah, but, you know, it's got, it's got nonetheless, better. it's national, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a syndicated TV show, you know, it, they're paying, they're paying their people and it's owned by a TV company. So, you know, they're, they're obviously they have people watching and you know, yeah, I mean, there's, there's influence there, no matter how small or, mm-hmm. you know, how small it is. There's eyes on it regardless. And she has a, a big enough name to where like her, her actions would impact that like for no pun intended would impact like women's wrestling uh, a lot better had she done better with her career as opposed to bullying other women but it is what it is i will say i i am i am surprised that wrestling i say i shouldn't be but i i am surprised that professional wrestling it's gotten more popular popular as it is because you would it's gotten more popular you would think that it's such a remnant sometimes of mm-hmm. a bygone era's version of entertainment. Sometimes when you watch it, you you really yeah. do get transported yeah. to like the eighties. You know what I mean? Like there's something so phenomenally like decades old about wrestling, uh, the type of entertainment that it is that a part of me is surprised that it's not only survived, but grown, but the intellectual in me is like, of course it, it's grown. It's nothing as more iconically characteristic of the era true. we're living in than wrestling right like if i if i had to like if i had to explain to aliens like if aliens showed up tomorrow like explain this era and i'd be like okay (laughs) wwe (laughs) literally i'm like let's watch this this is the best thing i can do american politics partisanship our inability to tell fact from fiction Mm -hmm. stan culture right mindless fan like everything racism <laughs> like sex, like everything you could imagine is like wrapped up in this beautiful little nugget that's true. Yeah. that it's is professional an old white billionaire too oh, an old white guy which is i guess one of the reasons why it has grown is that because it's so weirdly like it's like the portrait of dorian yeah. gray for some I, reason, not, like for society yeah. So long as wrestling continues, and like it's like the avatar, you know, that is of true. all of our you know, subconscious. Um, I, I, you know, it's weird because it's like I, I watch wrestling on and off now. I don't watch it very often, but there is a point for me where it's like I watch it and I go, "Oh, this is like the reflection of like what's going on in working class America, right?" I feel like it, it has that it has that weird feeling to it where. You know, I guess the people that they're kind of they're they're creating these uh, scripts for these things for for or for that kind of group of people, you know, and mm-hmm. I grew up watching it, too. And like if you watch it from like the 90s until now, you'll see kind of how it's changed. And you realize that, you know, society has also changed in this yeah. weird fucked up way, you know, and somehow no one manages to wear pants yeah. that whole time, you know, so <laughs> it's a. Uh, <laughs> You know, so that, I think that's just the, the the weird the weird thing about the reflection of society, but it is true in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm fascinated by it. I mean, I hate it. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm probably on yeah. this podcast the least favorite uh, when it comes to yes professional wrestling. I'm not. I'm not fond of it at all. But yeah. the, I am. Yeah. I do find yeah. it fascinating. No, it's funny. There's, it's. I want to say this. The women nowadays are actually like they don't hire them just on their looks like they used to back in like the 90s and like the early 2000s. Like there's a lot of athleticism. Right. They're athletes and they're great performers. And it's crazy because like now like the old women that like we grew up the, the, the women that we grew up with were like Sunny, right? Yeah. She she now is like selling nudes online um, mm. and like Skype sessions. It's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, it's, I'm happy. You know, that's uh, I'm happy you brought that up, Diz, because Twitter. That seems yeah, like well, you know, I, she hadn't been. Downgrade. I mean, to be fair, Tammy Sitch, the woman who played Sunny, like she hadn't been in the spotlight in a long time, and I think there was yeah. uh, she was kind of a pariah from the business. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was a whole lot. Same thing happened with okay, China, who yeah. also won a belt 
in the nineties, I think, from Chris Jericho. Yeah, she won an inter- very, she's yeah. intercontinental champion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. intercontinental. So yeah, there, you know, so there's a lot, of, and it's also we don't need to talk into like how they the wrestling business like spits out people, especially women, a lot of the yeah. time. Um, that's a whole nother episode oh, yeah. we do. But uh, oh, you know, yeah. Twitter is always acting a fool, fellas. You know that. This is true. Yeah, Ali, you understand that, right? <laughs> Not even me. the power of the cult of the smokeless fire, the the spirits of the desert, the destructive force of the jinn have been able to protect you mm. from the tomfoolery that is Twitter. You know, like <laughs> I swear. Sorry, you know, I, I feel ba- I read those damn tweets. I see people being dicks, and I kind of feel ba- like I end up like wanting to defend. Them. I'm like, what can I possibly do on Twitter? You know, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. No, no, right? please don't. Please don't. That's why I, I ignore most. Like, right, well, Ali, if it doesn't matter to Ali, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter to me, right? Yeah, yeah. It literally doesn't. Doesn't. Yeah. I'll say something snarky kill and then move right kindness. I really don't care. You know. But that's uh, that's neither here nor there. I guess there's on Twitter. You know, this girl Kaylin Ward. You know, she calls herself the naked naked philanthropist. You know, she got huge last mm. week because of, uh, you know, because she was uh, claimed. To have raised, I don't even know how much it is now because this was these are notes from a little while ago. But like you know, she claimed to raise over a million dollars, yeah, uh, by DMing her nudes uh, to people yeah. who have donated, who have showed like proof that they donated ten dollars or more to the Australian Wildlife Relief Funds, right, or like any of the charities that are doing that. Now, what's yeah. uh, I think it's pretty, it's yeah. pretty amazing. It's really cool. I respect what she's doing in that sense. I won't even make that weird joke between the t- of her being a nude model and the term bru- or bushfire. You know, like that's, uh, you know, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> well, you made it. You, 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 you made it. You said you didn't. You're not going to make it, but you made it. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Oh, yeah, you you know, saying you're, you're not going right. to mention it by but, mentioning you know, it. That was in the be. past. It was in the past. We're moving on. Yeah. Yeah. She and raised more money than Amazon. In the first day. I think it's, it says a lot, right? Number one, you know, men are fucking horn dogs or people, you know, like <laughs> people are ridiculous. Yeah, like the horning, the horniness level yeah. of Twitter yeah. is like at an eleven, and I'd like yeah. it to come down to yeah. like a solid three, right? Like that'd be nice. But the, like the horniness level well, on Twitter it, it should never be underestimated. It is crazy, right? And it really you know, is I, on I'm, I'm happy that the money got raised. I think it's amazing that the money got raised, right? But at the same time, you know, uh, given given that she is in sex work, you know, she was a cam model, she did everything else. Right. That there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of problems that kind of get attached to that. Right now, the campaign went viral. Right. Her Instagram literally she got banned from Instagram, um, even though her her Twitter campaign, it was a Twitter campaign uh, because because apparently she's soliciting or she's uh, sending out nudes. And, you know, because it was popular on Twitter, people uh, ultimately try to blend it over into Instagram. I always like the fact that Instagram is a, and social media are so quick to ban hate speech. things like nudes. Uh, yeah. Then I got banned off Instagram for a month because I liked too many photos. Yeah, like, how does that work? They thought you they thought you were a robot yeah. or some shit. I literally I literally for one month? month I literally just got back onto my sandwich layer Instagram like three days ago. What the fuck? So it it was a total of a month for a month. Yeah, it was you, for a month. You liked too many photos. You couldn't like appeal yeah. it. No, I, I tried to and it didn't work, but it was when I was watching Kingdom of Heaven. So it was like a three hour movie now. It was like mindlessly like looking through like f- food photos. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Come on. That is like, that is an, a way overreaction on the part of Instagram. In fact, I don't even understand. It shouldn't even be called an overreaction because there shouldn't be a and reaction. Was a bot. If you're liking photos, aren't you basically doing. Yeah. Okay. That's stupid because you liking photos. If he was spamming, click this link, click this mm-hmm. link, click this link, that's bot behavior. But even if he was a bot and he's just liking photos, that's yeah, literally yeah. the basic. So I got I got in trouble because I used Instagram too much in the weirdest fucking way. I don't understand that. Word. <laughs> you get in trouble for using Instagram yeah. the way Instagram was meant to be used. That's the yeah. like, and there's all sorts of real yeah. all sorts of fucking of losers like, on there that never on get in trouble. I don't understand why I got in trouble. You know, apparently, but you know, this is, you you know, just to finish this off, there is, you know, obviously because when things like sex are involved or when things like nudes or sex words are involved, there's a natural pushback. Right. And we saw, we're seeing this right now where she's constantly getting harassed by people. People are sending her fake 
fake donation thing. She has to actually had to hire a bunch of assistants to verify uh, whether or not these like donations were real or not. Oh, jeez. You know? Jesus. Well, you know, we've someone someone said it a long a long time ago. What type of uh, world of would have what type of society would America have been if we were uh, more accepting yeah, of yeah, boobs and true. less accepting yeah. of violence? You know what I mean? Like mm. like nudity freaks us the fuck out. Yes. Don't you dare put nudity on daytime TV, right? Did you put nudity on there? Fuck, bro. We think the littlest call, things like, and they're gonna go crazy. But killing people, shooting people, Bro, people blowing yeah, things true. up. People get more offended by like a lady breastfeeding her child in public than they do about like watching fucking like movies where people are getting fucking chewed alive by like rats and shit. I'm not saying that we should be running around naked, but I am saying that our response to nudity is so stupid. Yeah, show a boob here and there, or some balls. <laughs> no on one TV. died from 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 boobage or scrotumage. That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like, I, I feel like I'd want to die, though, from scrotumage. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, I, I'm just honestly, I'm winning for the day where Elon Musk creates, you know, some stupid invention, like a fucking submarine or whatever to try to fight these fires. It's completely useless. And then he gets really upset and then and then blames the firefighters for liking children or whatever. Um, you know, when they, when they tell him when they tell him that it's not it's useless. Like Elon Musk, I figured he'd, he'd probably, you know, some kind of D bag response to these fires already you know like a porter potty that saves koalas or something you know didn't didn't he just announce that he's like his partner's pregnant or something oh really yeah i think on twitter he announced that like his his girl is pregnant and then people started sending pictures of like he didn't announce it she put up a photo of herself uh as like some type of alien like not alien like but in this weird you know giant ass braids with this weird uh, kind of, I don't know, tunic, I guess is the only way to call it, mm. with her stomach. And her stomach had like sc- giant scratch marks on it. And she's like, this photo feels very feral uh, because right now I feel feral because being pregnant is so feral. So something like that. Oh and then God. everyone just blew up. It's like, oh my God, Grimes and Musk are having a baby. Which just to tell you, any child born of parentage Named Musk mm. and crying. Yeah, it's terrible. It's already. I know. Yeah. Know, there's sometimes destiny is written for you. That's true. You know they should. Uh, they should clean that kid with Dawn like they do with those ducks that are covered in oil in the commercial. <laughs> Look, that child's an alien. Yeah, they, uh, people were sending pictures of like the gremlins. Like this is <laughs> the Musk Grimes child. No, uh, no, I'll be the first to say that you know people can be pretty harsh on the internet, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. a little rough, but it's you know also. The response to even the most minor criticisms by a lot of these people is so like proportionally out there, like unproportionally out there, in my opinion. Right. Like all of a sudden oh, yeah, yeah. the world, it's like, you know, oh, well, you know, I didn't like his last movie or whatever. And all of a sudden the world is completely against you. You know, the sky is falling. Rome is burning. Right. Like, I don't. Yeah. I never understand yep. that, like disproportionate response by a lot of people. It's usually not like the you know, because like responses that are completely outlandish and stupid. Like, you already know they're dumb, so, like, really, you shouldn't pay them any mind, right? But it's, like, the ones mm-hmm. that, like, kind of fit within a certain amount of reason, right? You you would think that they would react a little bit better to these things. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show you that social media, if it's done anything, it's revealed two fundamental facts about people. The people are stupid as fuck mm-hmm. and thin-skinned as fuck. Yeah, yeah, you're telling people me. People are yeah. so thin-skinned that the response is even like the mildest form of criticism or the mildest form of joking is just over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the response to cancel culture. That's the response to PC culture. It's just a bunch of really thin skinned fucking people who can't handle being held accountable. Yeah. You know, and it's like, um, I mean, did you hear about what Terry Gilliam said? Cause he, Mm-mm. no, cause he did this whole thing. And it's, I'd like to think that like, given that we talked about John Boyega and his reaction to certain criticisms, yeah. you know, versus someone like Terry Gilliam, right. Who, yeah. you know, and he's, you know, he was, uh, he did 12 monkeys, which is like really big in the nineties. I enjoyed the yeah. movie a lot. He's also, he was part of the Monty, the only American is part of the Monty Python team. Yep. So, you know, he has a really good resume. He has lineage within like show business, right. Mm-hmm. But like during an interview with the independent, 
he just he became this like he became the embodiment of like bitter old man and started complaining yeah. about how tired he was of white people being blamed for everything right and yeah. like and he literally said that right and then he started talking about the me too movement and about how it's a witch hunt that's also a red flag yeah. right and then yeah. you know he's like he's like Harvey Weinstein is a you know he's he's a dirtbag but he's also talking about how you know there was women that accused him who were you know who knew exactly what they were doing you know and it's like you know mm-hmm. he quoted it as saying hollywood is filled with ambitious people who are adults and make choices like he's literally telling them you know these people who who these women who who came out against Harvey Weinstein that some of them you know knew what they were doing when they you know yeah. when when they were yeah. being abused by him you know it's it's such a scumbag fucking thing to say well, you know? I mean, it really speaks to the fact that that uh, the old adage that as you get older, you get wiser isn't true. Yeah. What happens as you get older is actually you become more close-minded. You become more and more entrenched in your worldview. And you become bitter and resentful to any aspect of change. Nobody is blaming all white men. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No one is. If they were, then we'd have actual real radical change in this country yeah. or in this world. White men still and yet every lever of power and control and privilege is still owned by white men. Yeah. Right? Even Harvey Weinstein, who has been like overwhelmingly proven to have been a rapist, right? Yeah. Like the evidence is just mounting, uh, not just sexual harassment, but like outright rape. And yet, he still has a huge amount of support in Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Woody Allen. Yeah. Right? Woody Allen still, I mean, uh, Scarlett Johansson has gone on record multiple times about how she's, you know, she claims to be a feminist and believe all women and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, she loves Woody yeah. Allen. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if we, if it was a matter of let's blame all white men and all oh, these are witch hunts, then these people wouldn't have support. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. I, These people wouldn't still have large swaths of people supporting them. And this is the problem that Gilliam doesn't understand is that uh a couple grumblings online do not equal any form of radical change. Yeah. And certainly not anything that threatens his position. But just the mere idea of it is enough to make him bitter and resentful. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I, you know, I, one of the most egregious things, and this is just horrible, is and it wasn't in this interview, but in another one, he uh, shit talked our favorite Marvel movie. <laughs> you know, he talked shit on Black Panther, you know, and I got really upset because it was, and it wasn't like he's talking about how he didn't like the movie. Uh, you know, it actually, I'm going to quote him here. It, he actually said, it gives young black kids the idea that this is something to believe in. Like he can't, he's all like, like the, like he can't fathom the idea of there being like a, you know, like a forward technologically advanced progressive, like African nation. Right. Like he, there's a, like he kind of connects that to this weird thing about it being, too much of a fantasy and it shouldn't be believed in by young black kids. Uh, and that was my God, you know, the, 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 the balls on this motherfucker to say shit like that, you know? And the thing is though, it's not like, it's not like he's being all of a sudden being blackballed by Hollywood. He said that shit and he's still doing work. He was literally on there to, uh, to promote a movie that he just made, mm-hmm. you know? So that's just, uh, you know, and, I, I, I can't even believe it because like it's just it's so fucked up. And then, you know, you can't even have Boyega get away with talking about about, you know, him hooking up with Ray in a fictional universe. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is this is the reality of it, right? It's like we're living in a particular moment in which there are some attempts at change. Yeah. Nothing has actually changed, but some attempts at it. From the Me Too movement to Black Lives Matter to Oscars Too White. Like these are moments in which you're trying to find there's people trying to find a voice to speak truth to power. And but nothing has even happened yet. Like let's be honest. Besides Weinstein, no one has been held accountable. Right? Yeah. Black Lives Matter, no real structural change has been made to address uh the disenfranchisement of uh, black people by our entire legal system, right? No actual change has been made, but things are just starting. And just the mere starting of it 
is enough to get a backlash, right? What happens? This stuff is called uh, uh, PC culture. Uh, woke scolding is the other thing that people are now saying, right? Oh, it's woke scolding. Oh, geez. Oh, it's PC culture, right? It's oh, oh, it's cancel culture. When in reality, it is just the mere hint of accountability, the mere hint of change. And that's what fascinates me. Is like, man, if it, if we're already facing this, what happens if we really start having an, a society that? holds these people accountable. Seriously. What happens if there's a real society, a real accountability for sexual harassment in the workplace? What are people going to do then? They're going to lose their fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, I, right. I I was reading I think it was the uh the Esquire magazine online and they kind of like summed up what Gilliam was saying and it was Gilliam knows Weinstein is an abuser but also wants women to take responsibility for the abuse that they suffer. Right. And like, what does that even mean? You know what I'm saying? Like you, he knows Weinstein is an abuser, but women should also like take some blame for it. Like, even though this guy is abusing them, it's somehow also their fault. The, like when I went to therapy, uh, my first therapist, um, we were just like, I I was talking to her about like, because something that was going on in my life was I had women at that time, I had women tell me how they got like abused by men that I knew. Right. And it was something that like I was having mm. trouble dealing with myself, hearing it about like guys that I knew. So I, when I was talking to my therapist about it, trying to figure out like, you know, like how do I cope with this situation? Like, like personally, like even though I'm not the one being abused, like how do I deal with it? Like I, I need help figuring this out. And she told me like, well, you know, back in my day, I would tell my daughter not to wear dresses and skirts. And, you know, sometimes these girls are asking for it. That was literally the last time I went to her. I was like, I can't, I can't, like, I cannot, like, you're supposed to be someone who's been supposed to be giving me advice for my life. And you are telling me that, you know, it's women's fault for wearing skirts too low or dresses or going out and having drinks. And it's, we put so much blame on the victims that like until we stop doing that, we'll never actually fix the problem of abuse. You know, like, and it's just annoying that this guy just made a movie with Jonathan Price and fucking Adam driver. um, Like the story of Don Quixote or some Mm -hmm. shit. He'll probably make like a couple million dollars off that movie, you know? Adam Price is or Adam Driver is a respected mm-hmm. actor. Jonathan Price is a respected actor. They're both nominated for Oscars this year, right? These people are still going to work with Terry Gilliam in the future, regardless of the shit that he says. Like, where is the accountability there? With Weinstein, right. it was an openly known secret, right? And I'm putting quotes on the word secret for years before people stepped up and said something. Mm-hmm. And like, it took more and more and more and more women to say something for something to happen. Like, yeah, yeah, and I mean, you look at a guy like Jimmy Savile, who never really got caught. People knew too, yeah. right? And there was even more egregious what yeah. Jimmy Savile did, and you know, and he was protected because he was he was making money. You know, people people seem to you know they all of a sudden you know their moral compass, you know, all of a sudden stops existing when it comes to that paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I, I also love this idea that that uh, oh, women should be held accountable for for being victims, yeah, right? The idea, the, the idea is like men haven't yet been held accountable for violating women, and we're already having the conversation about oh, women should be I held know. accountable. I'm like, this is, this is it's the only time that men ever want <laughs> equality, right? So <laughs> it's the only time they ever be like, hey, hey. Every like it, let's all be equal here. Wow! It's when we start to call out that dudes are abusers and harassers. Suddenly, they may do. What about women, right? But if it's any other professors, like hey, you know, let's have a board of directors. Mm-hmm. You'll never see yeah. them go. What yeah. about women, right? If you guys say, oh, let's 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 uh, write this movie together. What about women writers? No, but the second you say yeah, abusers, right? what about women abusers? Right? What about women's role here? It's like uh, suddenly. Suddenly, they think very clearly in terms of yeah. sharing, in terms of well, sharing across gender. I actually didn't think sense. about it that way. Now, yeah, yeah. man, you really ruined my <laughs> night, right? Like, right? It's like, 
I'm sorry, I'm, but I, you just have to put it out there. Like <laughs> Weinstein has been arrested, and that's it. And Gilliam's yeah. already been. Bro, like, I've been called anti-male by dudes because I said that like the the amount of fake rape accusations is very minimal to the amount of real rapes that happen. All right, they're like, well, you're not bringing it up, even if it's very minimal. It's right. still a thing. I'm like, I'm not saying that it's not a thing. I'm just saying it's not as big as a thing as the actual rape that's going on. I think actually raping someone is worse yeah. than someone lying about being raped like i'm sorry this needs to be spoken out against more than fake rape accusations and i've been told i was anti-male because of that like it's yeah it's stupid i mean the other thing that that uh gilliam fundamentally reveals is you know the people that you look up to are way worse oh, yeah. that's why the, the don't meet your heroes saying right i mean that's very true you know, totally, I mean, yeah, yeah okay, totally you know, I'll, I'll take a photo with Robert Downey Jr. I'm not going to sit there and talk politics with the guy, you know, <laughs> it's, a, you know, it's, it's cool to see them once in a while, but they certainly, you know, at the end of the day, they're human. We have this tendency. I think we have this tendency as humans to to almost not not deify. I don't even know if, the, if that's the right word for it. But like we, you know, we 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 project our own expectations and, you know, our own shortcomings upon these people mm-hmm. who are ultimately human themselves, mm-hmm. you know, who are. Yeah. Yeah, but we can, we should expect yeah. them to be better. You know what? Like I, I do think that we should. It's not a matter of projecting our expectations. It's a matter of expecting them to actually be better than they are, and that's the key: is that they're not better than that than, yeah. than our expectations. That's the problem: is that these are people who have massive platforms, who have enjoyed an immense amount of privilege, and who don't even have. Uh, the decency to be informed about a subject that is yeah. that they have strong opinions about this it takes it takes a few seconds for people like Terry Gilliam to actually look into statistics of abuse and harassment to look into statistics of representation and suddenly it would help him so much more if he were to look at something like that before he has an opinion on fucking Black Panther before he has an opinion on Harvey Weinstein, but he doesn't, right? And that's the issue, is that these people should know better. Yeah, yeah. but they don't. So I'm, I'm actually just, you know, but you brought that up, and I think that's, it's also important because, you know, there was something huge with Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes um, last week too, you know, and his opening yeah. monologue has caused a lot of waves, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's Ricky Gervais, so I guess you had to expect it, right? And, the, you know, the thing about that, about that monologue uh, for me is I'm, I'm assuming you guys have heard it or you guys at least read the transcript on it, right it's like it's not yeah i don't know if it's like necessary if i if i disagree with what he of what a lot of we said i just don't know if i agree with you know um you know the, the the people that are that are that are agreeing with it right or the people that are like are bolstering it and i don't know if i agree with ricky gervais like i don't know if it's yeah. like <laughs> coming from ricky gervais that makes it like well ricky gervais's stunt is yeah. a, is, is a bit it's old at this point in time. And it's, he's done it over and over again. And the Golden Globes knows exactly what they're doing yeah. when they bring him on. Right? There's a reason he's done it five times now. It's the same shit. They they are very deliberately looking for controversy. Um, it, it's deliberate, right? It's like, oh, look, Ricky Gervais. He came and he spoke truth to power to all those Hollywood people. No. You paid him a paycheck to show up yeah. and create a buzz. That's what you did. Right? At the end of the day. Second component of this is that, uh, one, he, right in the middle of his speech, they said, yeah, we're not going to have him back ever again. And next year, they would plan someone else. But Ricky Gervais's truth to power has always yeah. been selective. He's willing to speak truth to power uh, when there's an opportunity to be uh, controversial, yeah, yeah. when it benefits him, right? He plays the I don't care, but he does care. He cares because he wants to feel like he's edgy. But his humor isn't edgy. His humor, more often than not, directs scorn at some people who are often the most vulnerable. In the case of, for example, trans women. This is a guy who has repeated uh, transphobic things, who has said very, very clearly transphobic things. But he's couched it as a heroic free speech you're a white dude, multi-millionaire living in England. There's nothing heroic about you speaking yeah, out your mind. True. There isn't. 
because there are no literal no real yeah. life consequences. And people literally give him a platform no matter what. You are yeah. not an Exactly. They pay you to come to the Golden Globes. But this is the buying of your own hype that we see from the Terry Gilliams of the world to the Ricky Gervaises of the world. They see themselves as these kind of fantastic truth tellers. They're not. They're not. They're just people with shitty opinions who get pushback on those shitty opinions. And then to justify the pushback, they imagine themselves in some type of heroic Mm. and epic struggle. There isn't. What's heroic are the people in Iran who are protesting. What's heroic is that trans woman who gets up and lives authentically every day Mm -hmm. in a transphobic society. Those are real acts of heroism. Those are real acts of speaking truth to power. People who put themselves at risk to say things that will have real consequences. People who uh, speak truth to power. I I mean... uh, we saw in the case of, for example, Mark Lamont Hill, we saw in the case of other individuals who lost jobs because they held an opinion, a political opinion, or they held uh, or they advocated for a group of people. That's real heroism. Not when you're a multimillionaire living a very comfortable life, saying stupid shit in order to be edgy, and then you get some very minor pushback because of your stupid shit. These are fragile egos and thin-skinned people who have somehow made being thin-skinned rebranded wow. into heroism. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I don't have – I couldn't have said it better myself, I suppose. But that's – um, you know, it, it's weird because – yeah, it is that's true. Ricky I, I think that's – you know, he, he you know, talks about – you know, he talked badly about Amazon and Apple and everyone got – everyone was like, you know, rallying behind yeah. him because he said something bad about them or whatever. You know, he – talked about Greta Thun about how how no yeah. one cares about the celebrities opinions and how you know they, they they should stay away from the politics and everything and then you know he mentioned that and it's like I know people who aren't political I know friends you know people that I know on social media who don't involve themselves in politics and all of a sudden when he starts talking about celebrities not being political all of a sudden they have a stake in the game and they're talking about how they respected that of him because you know because uh you know for whatever reason because they don't want politics in their entertainment or whatever and it's such like i mean talk about low-hanging yeah, fruit yeah you know, like yeah and like it's just such very a very you know it's like it's like fruit, it's like rooting for the uh for you know a city's opposing uh sports teams when you're in wrestling or whatever right like it's such a cheap heat is what they call it yeah right well i mean the, the, the reality is and some i had a professor who once said this yeah. he said for white people politics is a hobby yeah yeah for everyone else yeah. politics is life and death so you can you for if you're if you don't come from a position of privilege, you cannot afford yeah. to be apolitical. Because to be apolitical means the decisions are being made about your community, your life, your health, etc., your rights, with your not yeah. saying any with with no involvement from you. If you come from a position of privilege, on the other hand, then politics doesn't matter because it has yeah, no real yeah. consequences for you. So when people are saying, oh, we want to keep politics out of blank, mm-hmm. they're speaking from a position of privilege. They're speaking from a position of saying, I don't want other people's politics involved. I don't want black people to talk about representation. I don't want to talk about women talking about feminism or whatnot, because the politics that already exists favors me. That's what they mean when they say yeah. we should keep politics out of it. What they mean is we shouldn't bring any form of political change because the current political structure yeah. favors I, me. I always wonder, okay it's like if that. it was, let's say if it was That's like Tiffany Haddish who said it, or Lupita Nyong, or like you know somebody, somebody that wasn't a a, yeah. a, a a rich white comedian male, right? Who would who would said that exact same monologue yeah. at the Golden Globes, and yeah, he got pushback. But I'm wondering how different the reaction would be if it wasn't someone like Ricky Gervais, right? Yeah, or what if they, you flipped the definition yeah. of what's yeah. considered political? Let's remove it away from political activism. How about let's say, all right, let's keep politics out of it. No more mm. national anthem at sports games. People be pissed. You're disrespecting. I don't want. Flag. I don't want politics in my sports games. Why do we have the national anthem? Because you're disrespecting the flag, Ali. Now yeah. imagine the response there. You see what I'm saying? It's the type of politics. That's what matters. Well, here's the thing about Gervais, right? Gervais reminds me a lot of Bill Maher, right? Where, like, when it's easy for them to get a new audience, like, 
they'll talk shit about certain things. Like, so Bill Maher is very like anti-religious and stuff, right? And so is Ricky Gervais. But when he could pander to like getting new right wing, because he got 500,000 new followers on Twitter after the Golden Globes. And most of them were like pro-life, gun toting, like all the people that he's rallied against Mm -hmm. in the past. All right. But it was a way for him to reach new audiences, right? And Bill Maher does that shit. Gervais does that shit because it's easy for them. Because like you said, they're rich white dudes who can get away for the most part for saying this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, no one made a like, let's be real. There's a video of Ricky Gervais. Um, it's Ricky Gervais, Chris Rock, oh, is it the, uh, Louis C.K. and Jerry Seinfeld. The N-word, right? Yeah. Right? The N-word yeah. one, yeah. Right? So it's like, you see Ricky Gervais using it like like it's nothing, just laughing around like it's like it's nothing. Um, Louis C.K. saying it like it's nothing, right? Using the hard R even. And and like Chris Rock using it. And Jerry Seinfeld's like, no, nah, I, I just don't find that word funny. I, I don't think I would use it for humor, you know? That's not something yeah. that I would say. And like the stuff that they're saying is if this was any normal person, like this was like a politician using the N word like that, their career would be done, you know? But for, yeah, well, I mean, you've got to, you got to understand that what people like Ricky Gervais and Bill Maher, both of them come from the same kind of cloth. What they fundamentally uh, are doing is they're selling the politics of resentment. Mm-hmm. Now they, unlike conservatives, they brand themselves as liberal. Yeah. Because they see themselves as either atheists or progressive or pro various liberal causes, right? They don't see themselves as linked to Christian conservatism or uh, cultural conservatism, right? They see themselves as liberal. But at the end of the day, what they're selling is the same exact thing that conservatives are selling. And that is the politics of resentment. You resent other people. And you resent those other people for all sorts of reasons, because they are infringing upon your privilege, because they are saying things you dislike, because their politics don't match up with your politics. But it's the same modus operandi. It's resentment that gets bundled and sold. Ricky Gervais is no different in that regard from uh, the the Ben Shapiro's of the world. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of yeah. small-minded view. And anyone that doesn't fill with fit within that small-minded view is treated with either what is it, like privilege cynicism or you, you like yeah like yeah yeah it's all that's all it is it's just a, it's just the irony here too is that if he really wanted to be heroic then he wouldn't let his yeah, products yeah. be sold on Amazon right. If you really wanted to be heroic and really talk about the power of free speech, then if you wanted to speak truth mm. to power, then where was he during Brexit? Where was he? Where? Why isn't that the, the most powerful people, the most privileged people, aren't the people being skewered by the Ricky Gervaises and Bill Mars of the world? Because it's convenient. Why is it that they always direct their scorn and derision towards the very people trying to make a change? You could hate activists and woke people all you want, but what is it that they're trying to do? Better the world. If that's what you save your scorn for, not the people putting children in fucking concentration camps, not the people starting wars, not the people that have been financially ripping us off for decades, then yeah, you need to fucking yeah. get your priorities. It's unfortunate because there are people, I mean, you know, there are people who grew up with are like that too, right? The the poli- The politics... Of anything, like they're, they're they're not actually involved in anything, right? Like they they don't really know much about issues. They don't make it a point to learn about a lot what's going on, but they know that they hate things. They know that they don't like things, and they know that they want to rally against things, right? Yeah. And it and that that cynicism yeah. that coming from yeah. that spot creates such like this like abyss, I think, in the spirit, you know, and and, and it, you know making making it sound a little bit new agey, but like yeah. it it creates like this, this hole, and it's like a hole that I don't think that that dangerous especially from the position of privilege you know oh yeah yeah i mean the politics of hate has always been easier uh than the politics of hope and change and reform that like that's that's the reality of it it's easy to gather those people to you and the reality as most people will come to find out unfortunately is that the vast majority of people are not 
politically uh, idealistic or have mm. any real political ideology. I, cho- I, I had met a guy the, just a couple of weeks ago who was a, a gay dude Jeez, who was pro-Brexit really? and pro-Tory. Yeah. And you're just like, huh? You know what I mean? Oh, my God. And gosh. a Tulsi Gabbard supporter in America. <laughs> how, how does that work? I don't know. And we were talking about this, and I had this conversation, and he just – there was no cohesive component to his to his ideology. There just wasn't. Oh, wow. He was also very anti-trans, for the record. Uh, and it's just, it was just one of those things you go, wait, what? I'm not understanding this. Um, and that's because most people aren't politically coherent. The vast majority, there's a small contingent on the right, a small contingent on the left who v- are, are ideologically motivated. Mm-hmm. There's a particular ideology they adhere to. The vast majority mm-hmm. of people are simply tribal. Sure. They vote based off of their narrow, very small self-identifying tribe. Not their, Not even their own interests. And who is their tribe? If you ask them who, they couldn't say who's their tribe, but they could tell you who's not. And that's the key to most politics. Most people can tell you who's not part of their tribe, but they couldn't tell you what they want. It's like if you asked people what their ideal America is, they couldn't give you an answer of what their ideal America Mm. is, but they can tell you who's not American or what's not American. Kneeling for the flag is not American. Speaking a different language is not American, right? Like they could tell you very clearly those things, and that's that's just the reality of it. And, and the Ricky Gervaises and wow. Bill Mars of the world—they all fall that's into that. That's depressing. Yeah, they all fall into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's depressing as hell, but it's the world we've got, and it's all we can Man, do. It's like, do you think there's uh, like a weird know, like Sith Lord thing going on? Like I feel like that's that thing where it's like they're harnessing like their like their their unmitigated hatred, and you know they're like. Start... You think there's a secret Darth Sidious that's been pulling the strings for years, Dude, and he's going to show up? White guy who on a, owns on a, a bunch someday. of ships and everything, man. I'm pretty sure it's Vince McMahon. Like I. <laughs> <laughs> it's no Vince McMahon is. It's too obvious. It's got to be someone a little bit more. In, in the shadows. No, man, Vince, I've seen him do it before. He wears a hood, he yeah. takes it off, and he says, it's me, damn it. It was me all along, <laughs> yeah, opening, yeah, XFL, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. He started that up again, bro. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to end the podcast here. We've had kind of an interesting meandering conversation, but there's a, there's been a theme here. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are about Ricky Gervais's speech, uh, about the naked philanthropist or Tessa. Uh, and you can do so. Diz will let you know how you can get a hold yes, of Yes, this is currently nerdy. No, <laughs> Okay, don't Sorry. do that. Sorry. I, you put me in a Vince McMahon mood. But uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash currently nerdy, Twitter at currently nerdy. Instagram at currently nerdy Tumblr currently nerdy.tumblr.com. We're on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app. Make sure you've subscribed to us. You've given us a five star rating and a review. If you have, we love you. If you haven't, we still love you, but just do it. Like, you know, we don't mean to like ask things of you, but this is what we're asking of you. If you want to get a hold of us individually, you can. V, how can I get a hold of you? You find me on Twitter and Instagram at VTRAN214. It's V Y T R A and 214. Or find me on my now unbanned Sandwich Slayer Instagram at the Sandwich Slayer. You know, follow me and show them that we're not going to be bullied by Zuckerberg and the other uh, you know cabal of evil that runs the universe. Fucking Bezos. You know, this is and this mm. is this is a, a thing that we should be rallying behind. Okay, these are the issues that you need to be a part of. Prioritize by following me on Instagram at the Sandwich Slayer, or you can follow or go to my website at thesandwichslayer.com. Elite. For every, oh. <laughs> I totally was exiting. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, uh, you can just astro, astro I was, I was over it. to somewhere else. I totally, I was like, all right, we're done. We're, we're done with this shit. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at A A O L O M I on our sister podcast, Head on History, or uh, on my website, alialomi.com. Diz. You could find me everywhere at Dizbola, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H. Um, you could also check out the first season of Currently Nerdy Sports on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash currently nerdy. Um, go on there, take a listen, see if uh, our fantasy advice could have helped you 
during your fantasy football season? Did it help you? <laughs> not really, no. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> not much incentive. I got there. third place. Uh, for, everyone here, for everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuting in. And remember, stay smart. All hail the Currently Nerdy Empire.